Inspiration, Adventist Reflections. Now, to discuss character building ideas, here is your host, Dr. Denzi. Hi family, welcome back to another episode. We are on lesson 5 of the Sabbath School and this is on the book of Daniel. This week's title is From Pride to Humility and I would like to welcome back Zenny. Zenny, welcome back again. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. It's been a, a week where we have been going through these ideas of Daniel, his friends, but in almost in every single chapter, Zenny, we find... Um, Nebuchadnezzar having something to do with it. Yes, yes. And this is not the exception. He is here again, and this is all about him. We talked last week about how even though he received a clear message from God, you mentioned that uh, you know in chapter 2 he hated that message so much that even though he dreamed it over and over and over again, in previous episodes we talked about it, he refused to remember it. He kind of like psychologically blocked it. It was like a mechanism of defense against his own pride. Mm, yes. And then last week, we talked again about how because of that pride, he he wanted to prove that his system, his kingdom, his godship, as he might have seen it, mm-hmm. needed to stand forever. And he creates this image of gold, massive, for everybody to worship. That was part of his identity, as you said. Mm-hmm. And I like this idea, but because because the Hebrew men stood up to their identity of of who they were and also who their God really was, not that oppression that Babylon was offering. Now we are going to this chapter in the book of Daniel, where Daniel chapter 4, where the king is finding himself in a place of continuous self-exaltation, if you want to call it. And this egocentrical mindset where he's looking at all his kingdom and he's saying, hey, isn't this Babylon the great that I built by my own hand? Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing here in my mind, or one of the interesting things in my mind, Zen, is how come he continues to have this stubborn idea, despite of the fact that in the last chapter, we read that he saw the Son of God and he said, truly, this was this, uh, like like the Son of God. These, these guys are worshiping the true God. Mm-hmm. So what what do you think? What's going on here? It's like if this guy is so stubborn. All right, it's, it's interesting. So a bigger picture when, when, when I think about it, you mm-hmm. know, bigger picture emerges okay over over this period of time since god entered into his life through these dreams right you could almost almost say that chapter two is one dream mm-hmm. chapter three is a second dream okay and chapter three is a third dream okay the, the chapter two is a dream that he had about this massive stature so it's a massive stature it's an, like an idol okay mm-hmm. and, and through this dream and through this stature that he saw or the image yeah what god is trying to do is trying to give him a sense of proportion and say hey yes you are king of kings but i want you to know there needs to be humility Mm. you are one of many right but you need to understand that you are part of a universe where i am god oh amen yes so you have a sense of where you belong or where you are at Mm. So obviously he had a he had a massive pride issue, okay? And God wants to give him a sense of proportion, you know. In other words, if we have a sense of God's greatness mm-hmm. and God's amazing love, it 
it establishes humbleness within us, you know. Mm. But somehow this this dream in chapter two, which was aimed to give him a sense of proportion and humility, just didn't work, mm-hmm. you know. Because in chapter two, uh, in chapter three, what you find he 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 builds this massive statue, mm-hmm. all of gold. Yeah. Again, it's all about pride, you know. Mm. And that's his dream, you know. That's his real dream. Yeah. And then in chapter three, God comes again, and he again in this dream he sees a massive tree. It's all about these massive objects that you can see, mm-hmm. and they are all dealing with the hu- with the human ego mm. and human pride, you okay. know. And without having a sense of of who we really are as human beings, especially in relationship to God, For you sure. know. And finally, you see a God who's been chasing him all along, mm. all along, all along, all along. That this guy gets a sense of who God is mm. and becomes a humble person. Yeah. Humility is an amazing and incredible virtue that that we need to have. And uh, and and so that's really what seems to be going on, eh? Yeah. So what I'm hearing, Sunny, is that there is a there is a theme of greatness. Of, yes. of human greatness and yes. and you know i like as you're explaining this uh to us because uh, as i self-reflect as i think about myself i think you know I, I find it quite easy to point out to the to the to the finger to 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 nebuchadnezzar because at the end of the day i'm not a king or anything like that uh close i mean far from that but i think in my little world in my little um quote end quote little kingdom what are the things that I think are great that I have done? Is there anything that I perceive that it is because of me, my efforts, my doings, and I'm not giving back glory to God, which is what this king was not really doing? That, that's really at the practical level, I suppose. Well, exactly. And the heart of Babylonian religion is ego at the altar, uh, at the altar of worship. So I mm. worship, I worship self, isn't right. it? So that's what pride is. But at the heart of humility is seeing the greatness of somebody else right. and appreciating it and saying, wow, this mm. is amazing. But ultimately for us, we know that worship is worship of the one who is the greatest than anyone, you know. Yes. This gives us a sense of smallness. Mm. But at the same time, we are filled with love towards this amazing, great God, mm. you know, mm. who also humbled himself. But that's another point, you know. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's that's really what it is. Absolutely. So obviously, God gives him a dream. Mm-hmm. He sees this massive tree in the middle of the land yeah. or in the middle of earth. Yeah. But that's the first part of a dream. He saw tree in the middle of the land but then the second part of a dream then he saw a holy one or a messenger who mm-hmm. comes with a judgment with mm. a judgment babylonian religion which is filled with pride and self-worship and and selfishness mm-hmm. will eventually be judged it is self-destructive so it says the holy messenger comes down with a warning with a warning with a warning yeah. if you don't change if you do not get your place, which is the best place we can have, you're going to pay the price. You're going to pay the price. Yeah, I can see the parallels as you're mentioning all of this with obviously the book of Revelation. We know that Daniel and Revelation go hand in hand and they're complementary. And I can see how 
the repeated theme that I'm hearing is that word, that self-worship, self-gratification, self-glorification, egocentric kind of system of religion, as far as you don't worship God. And, and when I think about it, I go to that parallel of the book of Revelation, which says that, you know, obviously Babylon is a system established, and whoever is breathing that power, it comes from the dragon, the, the devil, mm. from whom we know the sin originated. And it was based on that pride and, and looking onto self as something great beyond God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely dangerous. The other thing that is interested in this storyline, and you mentioned it already, is that God keeps on chasing this guy. God is not leaving Nebuchadnezzar alone. And that interests me so much because why would God bother chasing this guy? Yes. I yes. mean, maybe I could even make the question. Here, make it more personal. Why would God bother chasing Daniel? Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about Daniel now in the Bible. I'm talking about myself. Yes, yes. Why would God bother chasing Dan yes. um, at all? And I think we mentioned it in last episode, but I think it's important to remark it again as I think about it. That that's what God is doing. That is beautiful, isn't it? That is yes. such a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful thing. That's who yeah. God is. Yeah, exactly. And But um, yeah. ju just, just briefly to mention something else, another symptom of Babylonian religion is anger. Okay, okay. This, this Nebuchadnezzar is angry. Yes. He's angry in chapter one mm -hmm. when he goes and captures Jerusalem. You know, this is an angry king, you know, sure. slaughters people and takes slaves. Sure. Nobody does it in, <laughs> in, in light of kindness and, and love. Yeah. No. Yes. And then in chapter two, he's an angry king who will slaughter his astrologers because they can't tell him what he dreamt and give an interpretation. Yeah. And then in chapter three, he's angry because somebody is going against his religion, mm. you know. Mm against my ideology. I'm angry against people who don't think the same way I think, you know. That's that's another symptom of Babylonian religion, you know. Uh, I am angry and unhappy if, if people don't fall in line, if they don't think the way I think, if they do not subjugate themselves to me, you know. That's another aspect of Babylonian religion, mm -hmm. which is, and all along, God is chasing this guy. Yes. You know, he's not, Pleasant, he's not pretty, he's angry, he's a butcher, he's, you know, mm. and God is facing it, which is quite incredible, you know, quite incredible. So that's what he does to us as well. He's chasing us, isn't it? He's chasing us. And mm -hmm. the beautiful thing is that he managed to catch him, you know. So what I'm, what I'm hearing is that it doesn't matter right now. I mean, whoever listens, what I'm hearing is uh, it doesn't matter whether you, I, or again, whoever is listening is in Babylon right now. I mean, God says, you know, get out of there, my people. He doesn't want us yes. to be in the system because God loves us so much. He doesn't want us to be oppressed in this system of anger and mindlessness. It, it, it doesn't allow you to think for yourself. Yes. Yeah. And I, I have to control everything. Control freak, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that. I, I really appreciate it. As, as we land this episode, we know that this is not the best system. We have to get out of it. We live it now. It's going to be exponentially lived at the spiritual level as well as we speak. And we know that, prophetically speaking, it's a system that will not send anybody to fruition. It will not send anybody to be exalted by anybody. But it will be a system that will eventually be downtrodden. And that will be in the next chapter, I suppose. But for this point... um. The, the call is for all of us to be able to identify where we stand. And look at the end. I think the message of, of Daniel is the message of repentance. Mm. Uh, saying, look, um, 
this is exactly what Daniel said to him. Therefore, your majesty, be pleased to accept my advice. Mm-hmm. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that your prosperity will continue. Mm-hmm. So the solution that Daniel is, is offering to the, to the monarch is, is religious aspect of it. You know, mm-hmm. he's saying, hey, Humble yourself, man, before God. Don't think of yourself more, uh, that you are something more than you really are. Humble mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, repent. Repent from this pride, you know. So there is a religious aspect to, uh, so the solution is, 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 is in repentance. But there is also another aspect, or, 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 which is ethical one. Mm-hmm. Hey, you are monarch. Mm. You have such a huge influence over the people. Help people, help people who are who are less fortunate. Mm. Uh, do something for people. Don't uh, you know? Don't oppress. Don't oppress them. Care for people. You know that's that's so that the solution is both religious as well as ethical. Yeah. And uh, so he doesn't listen. He doesn't mm. listen. Yeah. But eventually, eventually, eventually he does. Eventually he does. And that's, that's a solution for us, you know, uh, when, uh, we can say truly, I'm sorry and change our ways, you know, and also do something for others who I need, you know. Mm. What I'm hearing is that Daniel was basically telling him, King, you know, get out of that Babylonian system. Yes. You know, don't, don't live by it anymore. You have another chance. Yes. And I agree. The story finishes so beautifully as we read that uh, verse 37 of that chapter 4. Where Nebuchadnezzar just basically says, you know, I give worship and praise and honor to the king of heaven. Yes. For all his works are true and his ways are right. And those who go in pride, he's able to make low. I mean, finally. Yes, he got it. The penny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he yes. got it. He got yeah. it. We cannot avoid by seeing Christ in this book of Daniel and this is one more example of who God really is I love God absolutely 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 excellent so any, any final remarks as we conclude this episode on this chapter well I would think that the positive note is, is, is very special you know God is not going to leave us alone uh, mm, amen but at the same time you know that the story not all stories finish uh, as a happy end because his grand grandson is, is, is not that's not going to be a happy end Um, mm. It's a beautiful ending of this story, and and wish, yeah. So absolutely, Zeni, thank you so much, and I look forward to. In my belief, I might be skewed. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I reckon I'm not God, but I think we'll see Nebuchadnezzar again. <laughs> oh, absolutely, that's and, what I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yes, and I look forward to shake the hand of that man and give yes. him a hug and say, you know, we did a little bit of criticize you, but then we reflected how we tend to be similarly in our own little lives. Yes. So thank you so much for letting God work in your life. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Thank you so much, Zeni, and thank you, family, for listening to another episode. We were well you letting you know that Zeni and I indeed love God because he loves us first. And because the reality is there is nothing we can be proud of because the king of kings of the whole universe, the creator, came to die. He made himself the lowest of everything for you and I. So what is there for us to really be proud about? So we chose to be humble today. How about you? Remember to subscribe to this podcast, like it, share it, 
hashtag it, comment, and find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Tumblr as Adventist Reflections. God bless you.